Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Evening all, uh, back on the bike as it were, two weeks off due to, actually no it was one week wasn't it, it was half term, feels like two, it is amazing the difference, um, I don't know if I've said this already but uh, I read in a book the true measure of time is change and I do really think that is true when you do stuff like have a week off and stuff happens it seems that time's a lot longer than when you just do the same thing all the time like a normal week would just just they just they just go don't they? they pass but the last uh, oh god jack i'm about to remove you there the last week hi corinne yes had a lovely week so um yeah i went away for a few days and um That's about it, really. Oh, no, went to London. Went to London as well to see my brother and my mum. My so, um, Christmas present here. Oh, Christmas present jumper there for my mum. Oh, God, Chloe, I've got to remove you pressing the wrong button. So, um, so yes, hope everyone else has had a, a nice break. If if they've had a break, I know the half-terms are at different times, and clearly, obviously, some people don't even um, work to half-terms if they're just uh, not got children. I'm very pleased that you can't see the floor behind me because I started to clear the bookcase and oh my lord, Arthur job, Arthur. I've started and I'm not, uh, I've given up. So it's in a bit of a state, but fortunately my body is assuring you of that um, that scene. So um, what's going on, you may ask? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. I've got some questions which I'm going to answer live on TV because um, that's how I roll. If you've got a question yourself, ask me and I'll answer it live for you. Um, but uh, if you haven't, sit back, relax and enjoy the ride because this is going to be one hell of a session. Actually, it's not, it's not that many. Oh yeah, there are, there are a few. We've got a few questions, that's good. So, um, but feel free to chip in at your uh, leisure. Don't wait for a, for a gap because I'm just going to go. Uh, and here, here I go. I had surgery Oh, you know what? I, yeah, I had surgery. Sorry, I had surgery previously, and I've been left with a scar across my abdomen. Can you offer surgery? Now, I think this is the one where I've got the photo. Um, I normally write the photo in square brackets. Before that, hold on a minute. Corinne's got a question. Hi, JJ. How big can doggies be after a TT? How big can doggies be? How big can they be? Huge. All sorts of sizes, Corinne. They can range from very big to a very small to imperceptible. So, um, you uh, the first thing I'd say is you need to wait uh, at least three months to let them settle because sometimes there's a bit of swelling. Um, and the way to fix them is to make the scar longer. So, you can cut them out and you make the scar longer. Uh, there's always a risk there might be another dog ear, but it's going to be a smaller dog ear and hopefully an imperceptible one. But yeah, you can get uh, a variety of sizes of dog ears after tummy tuck, uh, ranging from uh, imperceptibly small to big. And it kind of depends on how much skin you remove. The more skin you remove, the more that angle is going to be. So that angle like that, when you stitch that together, you're going to get a bulge. Whereas if the angle is kind of like that, then you're not going to get a bulge. So if, if you make the scar shorter, you're going to get a higher angle. If you make the scar longer, you make a smaller angle. So it's always a balance between shorter scar, smaller dog ear. And we have to make that balance and hopefully get it right. But sometimes you do have residual dog ears that need to be um, removed. But it's a relatively easy thing to, to remove a dog ear. Um, Chloe, hope you had a lovely break. I went swimming for the first time since my up yesterday and it still felt pretty uncomfortable to move my arms in the water and felt weird in my chest still. Is this okay? It is, Chloe. Um, crikey, when was it? Was it around Christmas time? Was it? I don't know how long ago it was. But it is. And I'll tell you something, Chloe, it can take ages. for I think it's fine. 
the first thing I say I think it's fine to do stuff obviously if it's if it's like painful don't do it but just if it's uncomfortable I think it's okay to do it but particularly when it's under the muscle it does make it a little bit more uncomfortable Chloe and um there you go 19th of December so yeah so it's a couple of months so um it 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 is not unusual um, and depends on what sort of, if you're doing breaststroke, maybe not so bad, but if you're going for the full on, you know, um, front crawl, then obviously that's going to be a bit more uncomfortable. So yeah, just, just uh, listen to your body, Chloe, if it's uncomfortable, back off and do less. And, um, uh, because you're still in that phase where you might get a bit of swelling if you, if you overdo it, but, uh, completely nothing to worry about. Uh, but if you are worried, you know what to do, call me and I will be very happy to see you and uh, check everything, but it's uh, not an unusual thing, what you're describing. Um, so yeah, we got one with a photo here. So uh, I had surgery previously, and I think this is the one with the photo, got to check. Uh, um, yeah, pretty sure, yeah. Okay, so I've had surgery previously, and I've been left with a scar across my abdomen. Can you offer surgery? Now, very kindly, this patient has allowed us to show the photo. So I will um, be an opt-twin, same day with me. Oh, there you go. Well, look at that. You've got an opt-twin, Chloe. So um, I'm going to display a photo now. Oh, am I in the way there? So this patient has had surgery. I think she had surgery when she was a child and uh, was kind of asking about scar revision. Um, I don't know if I can move myself. Can I move myself? Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, okay. So she's got a, a midline scar as well as a, a lower abdominal scar. So kind of like a inverted T-shaped scar as well as a dented in scar on the left side of her abdomen, which is presumably from a drain, which you can't see on Instagram because I'm in the way. Can I move myself? Oh God, no, they're not. Um, so yes, this is a one that um, I would say um, would be a good option, may well be a tummy tuck for this. And I think this patient brought it up. I, I didn't sort of bring up a tummy tuck because all of the skin from the belly button down to the pubic area gets removed. So that scar, it's hard with, you know, photo, we've got other, We've got other views, um, but it's hard without sort of assessing the tissues because there needs to be enough skin laxity in order to get the skin above the belly button down to the pubic area. Because ideally, we really want to excise all of that scar, particularly the vertical scar, the scar that goes from pubic area straight up to the belly button. And it's hard to see where the north um, pole, if you like, where the, the highest point of that is. I think it goes slightly above the belly button. And, what I can see, I think it does tend to peter out because ideally we would get all of that scar because if we couldn't get all of that scar and if we just skirted the top of the belly button and there was a little bit of scar above, a little bit of the old scar above, and then we pulled it down and, and stitched it, that's the tightest point centrally. And so there's a, a risk that that could break down, particularly if you're stitching scar, if that's scar tissue that you're pulling down and closing under tension. So that would worry me a bit. I'd be a lot more comfortable if I felt that I could get to all of the scar out, but that would only come from an assessment of look at the skin laxity. The scar in the lower area looks good. It looks like it's in a similar area to where you would have a tummy tight scar. So then you would go a little bit below that scar to, in order to cut that scar out so that all the scars are removed. So, um, so that it potentially would be a good one for a tummy tuck um, kind of scar revision. Um, quite an extreme thing to do a tummy tuck scar revision. So you'd have to kind of want a tummy tuck because if it's just purely the scar you're worried about, I think um, there's some lateral views of this which show the scar, the uh, lower scar is a little bit puckered in and, and so there's a bulge. So um, you could do something to try and just address the bulge, but I think that probably the best, if appropriate, would be a tummy tuck. But as I say, not everyone's a candidate for a full, a full tummy tuck because a full tummy tuck would have to get all of that scar, all of the skin in the upper abdomen would have to stretch all the way down um and things like that scar from the um from the whatever it was the drain on the left side which you can't see on the instagram is um is potentially going to be a bit of a nuisance but anyway um i think yeah i think on paper this this looks like it might be a potential one that you could get a really nice result a 
few of these patients with this, those midline scars with a bulge on either side, it's very unsightly, and a tummy tuck can really um, transform the abdomen because it completely removes that scar. But as I say, it would depend on how far up the scar goes, and it would depend on how much skin laxity there is going on. But on paper, very, very nice one for a potentially for a, for a tummy tuck to do a scar, um, kind of a scar revision and also abdominal contouring. As I say, I probably would want to have the patient wanting the abdomen to be contoured as well as just fixing the scar because there's probably simpler ways of just fixing the scar. How do I get rid of it on Instagram? Choose it, stop sharing. Yeah. Um, what's going on in the chat here? I'm losing control. Doing really, uh, we are well, love, Chloe, Op Twins, same day, or are we? Love that, hope you're recovering well. Yes, doing really well, thank you. I was an asset for a full TT with JJ on the 19th, we were probably neighbours. Do you have a surgeon of your practice for blepharoplasty? Was about to book him, but the surgeon had left. Yeah, we, um, yeah, thanks, Fairy Dust, 1970. Um, yeah, sometimes the surgeons at the uh, clinic do uh, blepharoplasty. The problem is, not, well, not the problem is, but the fact is, I don't do blepharoplasty, um, and we've 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 sort of gone up and down with um, how much facial work we do at the clinic. And really, I feel comfortable with the um, stuff that I can do, type of thing. You know, having other surgeons working in in my name, doing the things that I do. So we're not at the moment doing facelift right rhinoplasties or um blepharoplasties at the clinic um very dust 1970 so the answer is no so we we don't do blepharoplasties at the clinic which is i don't know it's one of those things which um well anyway this is a decision i've made um i mean the, the blepharoplasty is quite a simple or well, relatively simple operation i mean there's always problems you can have with any operation, but it's a relatively simple operation with quite a dramatic um, results. So it's a it's a good operation in that respect. It's a very good operation to do, and it uh, it has very happy patients. But um, but yeah, not doing the moment. We have in the past, as you say, fairy dust. So we have in the past, um, and we but we don't at the moment. So yeah, sorry about that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Are you in Birmingham, um, Westbourne Centre maybe, or somewhere? Um, it's hard now. Plastic. I don't know where to do plastic surgery because all the hospitals are saying they won't do plastic surgery. So it's hard to. You know, normally I say we have to put local private hospital and and talk and you know see a plastic surgeon, but they're not letting us work at the private hospital. So goodness knows what's going to happen. Goodness knows. Um, we probably we probably were glad you're doing well. Are you doing our how are you doing after surgery? JJ is an absolute miracle work. Thank you. I'm doing really well too. I'm so happy with my results. JJ is amazing. Thank you. Perhaps has joined. Thank you. I'll contact you to discuss further. Oh, was that the abdomen? Maybe. Yes, please do. If that was your abdomen. But um, but uh, even if it wasn't, contact us to discuss further, whatever it is. You're welcome to contact us and discuss anything you like further. Um, so when having breast augmentation how do you decide to go over or under the muscle right so the what i always say to patients is there's pros and cons of both and there's pros of putting them over the muscle because uh, it is a um, less painful procedure there's less risk of them sitting high wide animation deformity which is when you exercise the breast moves um, but they can be seen, sometimes you can get rippling, you can see them if you are quite slim. So if you're quite slim and you can, uh, particularly if you can see your rib cage, then uh, you worry about getting rippling of the muscle of the implants. So therefore you might put them under the muscle and put by the other muscle has a risk of them sitting high wide animations, more painful, more risk of hematoma. So there are, there are basically risks and benefits of both. And so uh, personally, I decide based on how much soft tissue cover you've got and kind of in a way a little bit based on type of implant you have um smooth implants are a little bit more likely to ripple than the um, textured or the polyurethane implants so a smooth implant will be more likely to be put under the muscle and uh so i will have a view and uh but uh, but i always discuss it with the patients 
and we can certainly have a conversation about it. If the patient's got a view these day and age, patients have got a lot more of a view than they used to have. Old days, they didn't know what implants they were having, they didn't know where they were putting them and all that sort of stuff. Now, people are much more informed. <clears throat> and so I'm very happy to have a discussion with you about it and to, to discuss the pros and cons. And there have been situations where pe people have said, <clears throat> you know, I I've said, you know, I want to put them on top of the muscle and they've said they want to put them underneath the muscle. I'm like, okay, fine. So uh, <clears throat> as long as you're aware that there are risks with, with doing that, but there are, you know, obviously benefits with doing that. So it's a bit, you don't want to be too sort of prescriptive about it and say like one's better. You know, you always got to be worried when someone says one's better, you know, under's better or over's better. It really depends on the implant you're having to a degree, but more so the, the, the your anatomy, your soft tissue cover. And it's a balance of risk and, you know, Sometimes you put them on top of the muscle, you get ripples. Sometimes you put them under the muscle, you get animation. So you do, and you think, oh, crikey, I wish I put it on top. But maybe if I'd done it the other way, I'd have got the other problem. So um, this is the life of a plastic surgeon. Why do we do it, you ask yourself? I don't know. I really don't. It's uh, it's a hard life, you know. It's a hard life. Uh, I mean, Terry will tell you that. Um, it's a hard life and yeah so under or over the muscle and the other i always say to people go and get different opinions um the problem with is sometimes one old guy will say you've got to have it over and then the other guy says you've got to have it under and you know the other guy says you've got to have a dual plane you're like what dual plane is that both well no dual plane is basically under the muscle um but there's kind of different types of dual plane but i won't really get into that really it's not really for uh for a lay, lay person to be too involved in. But yeah, it's so the answer is I will have a view, um, whether I put it under or over, I will um, express that view with you and we can come to a mutual agreement on what the best balance of risk would be um, uh, because it is all a balance of risk and we're just trying to do the right thing and, uh, and um, you yeah. know, Trying to get it right. That's the game. What we got here? What's going on? I will cut. Yeah, yes. Hiya. Other than scar revision, are there any other treatments you offer for surgery scars? Uh, no, no. Loco, lu, pilus. Um, <clears throat> no, we would only offer surgical scar revision. So the there are other treatments for scars. So if it's not a um, uh, suitable or if you if you don't want to have sort of more surgery because it's all a bit weird saying surgery for a scar because you know you've got a scar and surgery is going to give you more scarring so um yeah it's probably good to explore non-surgical um treatments for scars before coming to the guy like this guy um it's got two thumbs and speaks french moi um you know so you're better off having um so non-surgical people do things like needling and derma roller and um you know all sorts well we, we would talk about massage and silicone gel if it's a hypertrophic raised one but uh uh laser sometimes if they're red and um there are treatments for scars but um we tend not to do the non-surgical world of scar manage well okay well we do Okay, I thought this. I'm, I'm prepared for this one, Loco. So, I mean, we do do scar management. Obviously, when we make scars on people, we manage scars. And fact of the matter is, most scars settle well just with a bit of moisturizer and massage. That's the main things I say to people: moisturize, massage, don't smoke, drink plenty, and avoid sun exposure while the scar is red and active. <clears throat> but um, yeah, but if it's a mature scar that you want a revision for, so like a year or older. There are things that non-surgical people do that we don't do. I think that's uh, pretty clear. I think you all agree. I think I answered that one pretty clearly. Pretty happy with myself there. Uh, are there any reason for someone not to be suitable for breast augmentation? Um, Ulrich, have you got have you got something in mind? Not suitable for well, they don't want one. That'd be a pretty good reason. Um, Overweight people, very high BMI, you would you would be concerned about doing a surgery like that. But the thing is, overweight people probably wouldn't want a breast augmentation because they usually got large breasts. So that's not really a situation that arises. 
Um, smoking, smoking is a sort of relative contraindication, so you're better off not smoking because it can affect your wound healing. Um, but it's only a, it's not too much of a wound for breast augmentation, but still, that's a relative. So I wouldn't, you know, some people might make it an absolute contraindication in that they won't operate on smokers. But um, you know, others would have make it a relative thing that they'd advise you to stop smoking. Um, I mean, if you're not an anaesthetic risk, oh, we had someone, that's right, we've had someone with sickle cell disease who we said, we, you know, it's mainly the anaesthetist who would stop you. So if there's, a, if there's a medical conditions, we've had another patient recently who had a cardiac arrest, has had a cardiac arrest in the past. Um, and so the anaesthetist wasn't happy with that. That might depend on the hospital you're operating on. There might be some hospitals who would be happy with that. But um, so there might be some comorbidities, some medical conditions that you might have that would mean that they that you would not be suitable. But I think they would mainly be anaesthetic rather than surgical. I guess somewhere where you're making the incision, if there's some problem with the skin, if you had some very bad eczema or something <clears throat> in an area where you're making the incision, you would probably not want to do that because of the risk of infection. Um, yeah, I can't think of many reasons for, for that you would not be suitable for breast augmentation. Um, if, you're if your weight is fluctuating, you're not happy with your weight, or you really want to be stable with your weight. Um, but, but yeah, well, I thought of a few there. Oh, pretty good. Uh, after breast reduction, are there any reasons for someone not to be suitable? So, so you mean after breast reduction, could you have a breast augmentation? Yes, you could have a breast augmentation after breast reduction. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's presumably they've um, you've over-resected or maybe you've had a breast reduction and lost weight or your body has changed. But that would be that would be fine, having a breast augmentation after a breast reduction. I can't see a particular problem with that, as long as everything's stable and, you, you know, it's quite a long time ago you had your breast reduction and your weight's stable, etc. But in principle, that would be, that would be fine. Do you perform 360 lower body lift and what's your BMI cutoff, please? So, um, yeah, so there's different things in terms of a 360 uh, procedure for the um, for the trunk. Um, uh, I don't really do the low, so I'm not pulling up the thighs. I'm t it's like a, a circumferential um, abdominoplasty or a belt lipectomy. Um, so it's basically a tummy tuck that goes all the way around. So if that's kind of what you're thinking of, um, then yes. Uh, it's a very big operation, so it's something that uh, is not a common procedure, I have to say. It's uh, only for people who have lost a lot of weight. And one of the problems for people who have, have lost a lot of weight is often their BMI is quite high. So you're asking for a BMI cutoff. So if you ask for a BMI cutoff just um, you know, as a, as a figure, then the figure is normally 30. The problem with a lot of patients is that they often have BMI above 30, but they may have had it like way high. They may have been 45 and they come to 32. And it's like, oh, you know, you need to be below 30. And it's like, oh, well, you know, they come from 45. So, you know, we will take everyone on a one on a case by case basis, but a 30 is, is kind of where you want to be. Really, the, the, that's sort of absolute number, but also comfortable and stable with your weight, which is also very important that you are stable with your weight, that you're comfortable with your weight, because um, if you want to lose weight, you're better off doing it before the surgery, because if you lose weight after the surgery, you have some redundant skin, and you've also got a higher risk of complications at a higher rate. So even if your BMI is below 30, if you want to lose weight, if you're still losing weight, you're best to do that first. What we got after having surgery how long until you can return to the gym well i guess it depends on what surgery um not specified what surgery so i mean obviously well i say obviously if it's like minor surgery like a mole removal or a, or um, something where your skin's not under much tension uh and you've got a little wound um you know you you well maybe a week off just have a dressing on maybe and stitches you don't want to put too much tension on them uh, I'm assuming it's going to be like a major surgery, like some kind of breast surgery or, or um, abdominal contouring. So um, lost you my signals awful. I hope it's not my signal. Um, so I'm assuming it's going to be something you know bigger than that. So um, I normally say for most surgery, you can return to the gym. Um, well, walking is good straight off straight off the bat, but clearly walking isn't returning to the gym. Or at least you can walk to the gym, but you know just carry on 
walking past, don't actually go in the gym uh, for a couple of weeks. I normally say two weeks. I mean, it depends from people to people. Obviously, if you have a wound healing problem, if there's an issue, then, um, you know, you may want to um, leave it a bit longer. But uh, normally, I would say two weeks is the, is the norm. And then I normally say like lower body stuff like um, exercise, bike and um, a cross trainer, but with just with just with your legs. Um, most of the surgery that we're talking about here is going to be like breast surgery or tummy surgery. So you've got core muscles and you've got the pec muscles. So you really don't want to be putting pressure, putting tension through those um, until things are a bit more healed, just because you can make things um, swell and you're going to put tension on your wounds. So you kind of want to wait for about six weeks for that. Um, and then after six weeks, then you can start doing a bit of um, exercise with your upper body and putting power through your upper body. But I always say to people, start doing that. You don't want to go full effect for six weeks. So just start gently because it can make it swell. It can make it uh, a bit uncomfortable. So you're better off just waiting until things are feeling comfortable. So just do it, do a little bit at six weeks and then see how you feel. And if it feels okay, then you can build it up. So two weeks for the lower body and then six weeks for the upper body, basically, um, in, a, in a nutshell uh do you oh we've done that uh sorry how long does a tummy tuck op take um there are slightly diff different types of tummy tuck but the most common tummy tuck is a full tummy tuck and i think that's what we're talking about um with you you're again um is a full tummy tuck so um three hours is kind of the easy answer to that um sometimes you do liposuction to the sides the hips and flanks that might take a little bit longer three and a half hours so i guess two and a half to three and a half hour is kind of um is the, the normal kind of time for a uh, tummy tuck but it is quite a big op a tummy tuck and uh, it does knock you back because it's quite a long anesthetic um so yeah three hours give or take is uh, is what i would say uh, I'm back. Thank you for answering my question. I lost you part way through. What was your question? 360. Oh yeah. So the answer was 30 was the um, was the uh, BMI. Ideally, you've got to be stable with your weight. Sometimes you do it when people are above 30 if they've lost a lot of weight. Sometimes you would invite someone who's below 30 to lose weight if they still wanted to lose weight. So it's not a written in stone thing, but the 30 is kind of the number that most people talk about in terms of BMI. Um, JJ will place the replay after the live. Hopefully you can catch up there. Yes, I will indeed. I think it does do it there. Thank you for that, Corin. I think it does do that. I think it does it automatically. Do I post it? Or it just does it automatically. But anyway, yeah, there, there is a replay anyway. I don't know if you can scroll through it or watch, or watch it all. Get to that bit, do you? Maybe you do, you know. Gems that I've been... Um, what's the word? Giving out distributing uh jim done that how long why can't you have inverted nipple correction at the same time as breast lift because a breast lift moves the nipple from a low place to a high place same with the breast reduction so moves the nipple from a high everyone gets a bit confused with this so a breast lift and a breast reduction is moving the nipple low place to a high place so we have to cut around the nipple so an areola reduction is an integral part of a breast lift and a breast reduction However, so the two things you do to the sort of nipple and the areola are an areola reduction and an inverted nipple correction. So in an areola reduction, you don't have to ask for an areola reduction. It's part of a breast lift and a breast reduction. An inverted nipple correction where the actual nipple, the bit that sticks out, is, is sticking in. I personally, I don't know what, I don't know what everyone else does, but I personally don't do that at the same time as a breast lift or a breast reduction because, because we're moving the nipple from a low place to a high place. We worry about the blood supply and the nerve supply to the nipple, um, particularly the blood supply. You don't want the blood supply being affected because then your part or, or even all of the nipple can die when you do a breast lift or a breast reduction. It's a very rare complication, but it is nevertheless a complication of breast lifts <clears throat> and breast reductions. So I don't mess with the nipple in terms of going in there and doing an inverted nipple correction because you have to cut the ducts and you have to mess about with the blood supply. <clears throat> and I don't want to mess up the blood supply even more than an already compromised blood supply because the nipple's been moved. So that is why I won't do an inverted nipple correction at the same time as a breast lift. I would advise you have the breast lift first because the breast lift can also can, can sometimes actually invert the nipple. It can pull the nipple in when you move that nipple up. And so it's better to do it, do the breast lift first and then later on 
we can try and invert the nipple once everything's settled. So if you do have an inverted nipple and a breast lift, you're probably better off having your breast lift first rather than your inverted nipple correction first, because if you had that and then have the surgery and then it pulls it in and the blood supply, the nipples, all sorts of stuff could be an issue. So breast lift first, then breast inverted nipple correction. Do we offer ear pinning reversal? No. Ear pinning reversal, God. Um, no, I'm, I'm trying, I don't think I've ever seen it. An ear pinning reversal, so they obviously have overdone it. Poor, poor, God, no, I haven't. Um, you probably want an ear specialist for that. Now, Mark Lloyd, I don't know how much he's doing these days. I keep on seeing stuff on LinkedIn about him doing all this property stuff. But um, Mark Lloyd is a plastic surgeon who um, is a specialist in ear. There's a few ear specialists out there. Mark Lloyd, someone I know. Um, David Galt is very well known. I don't know if he's still practicing. It might be old, you know, time and age. Um, there's probably others, um, but um, Mark Lloyd sort of was based in Birmingham. Um, so you probably want to talk to an ear specialist for that. But uh, is that even a thing reversal? I don't know, Corinne, to be honest with you. I've never, I've never seen an ear pinning reversal. I mean, I, I guess they've overdone it and like made your ear kind of stuck back to the side of your head like really tight um so i i guess someone out there somewhere if you can think of it someone's probably done it but i, I it's certainly not a common uh, common thing to have an ear pinning reversal that is a uh, uh, an unusual request and one that we would not do and i would advise a specialist ear guy to 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 even talk about that no, how to advise on that one. Um, can I have a breast reduction and a tummy tuck if I am on HRT and citalopram? So citalopram, no problem at all. HRT, the problem is the DVT and PE, which are risks of those operations, particularly tummy tuck. Um, so that is a risk. Uh, again, it is a relative contraindication. It is not an absolute contraindication, at least not in my practice. It's not, a, I wouldn't say no, just because you're on HRT. Um, some surgeons will ask you to stop your HRT six weeks or sometime preoperatively. I don't <clears throat> ask people to stop their HRT because there are consequences of stopping the HRT. So I say carry on your HRT. However, um, I will um, counsel you about the risks of DVT and PE, and we will do lots of things to reduce that risk with Floatron boots and stockings and um, keep you moving basically and then heparin injections. Um, and the best thing is to get you up and walking, which we would do with anyone, but um, probably lay it on a bit heavier with you if you're um, on HRT. So it's a question of just getting you up and moving as soon as possible, if not the day of surgery, definitely the next day. And when we're not doing, you're not doing it and keeping your legs moving or what have you. Um, but uh, so, yes, you can have those surgeries on those medications, but you have to keep moving. Also, again, we'd have to talk to the hospital. The hospitals are fine with it um because um in these sort of higher risk cases like the other day when we had a patient who'd had a cardiac arrest before the um it's better to do it in a bigger hospital the problem is the bigger hospitals aren't doing cosmetic surgery at least the bigger hospital near where i am which is the priory hospital is not basically not doing cosmetic surgery um pretty pretty much full stop i think i think they're just not doing cosmetic surgery they've got a lot of work with the other surgeons and uh so that is an issue for situations like this. We have had situations where we've had high-risk patients and they've let us do it there. Well, I say I'm talking about it as if it's plural. It's not. It's happened once. So um, and they let us do it there. That was a few years ago. Um, but then we had another one more recently and they said no. So um, on paper, you can have a surgery in real life, whether we, you know, we'd have to talk to the hospital, the et cetera, to make sure everyone's happy um because they've all got to be happy uh can, how long after having inverted nipple correction can i resume kickboxing blimey o'reilly kickboxing i mean presumably someone will kick you in the nipple won't they they do those high kicks with their on a nipple kick oh god nipple kick after inverted nipple correction oh my god that's got to be a submission right away there god if they find out you've had an inverted nipple correction as well can you imagine it They'll go straight for the nipple, nipple crippler, straight in. 
Um, having said all that, it's not actually that bad in inverted nipple correction. It's quite, it's often quite a bit of bruising, but the actual incision is tiny. It's just a little incision at the base of the nipple. Um, six weeks minimum. If you're going to get a proper kick, should I say longer than that? Should I say eight weeks? Maybe I should say eight weeks. When when you're okay to get a proper kick, kick in your nipple. Yeah, eight weeks. Can you wear like sort of um, like nipple shields that sometimes wear people wear because they don't like the nipple showing? If you can wear those things, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the kickboxing regulation. I'm not up to date with the latest kickboxing uh, attire regulation. But if the National Kickboxing League allow, I can give you a note if that's helpful, a doctor's note to say you've got to wear uh, um, a nipple shield. Um, obviously, just silicone. You want like a metal one, but you know. Yeah, eight, eight weeks. Eight weeks, I'd say. I'm going eight weeks. Will you offer liposuction to the upper back area and under the bust? Yeah. Upper back, under the bust. What do you mean? Is it, is it, so it's under the bust, upper abdomen. So under the bust, definitely. Well, both of them, definitely. The only thing about upper back, the only thing when it gets into back uh, back liposuction is what I normally say to people, and it depends on what you're having done. Uh, it's often combined with another procedure. So um, if it's combined with another procedure, you've got to think about positioning because positioning can be uh, an issue. And what I normally like to do is to do the liposuction as much as I can do with you operate on the operating table like that. So as long as you want, we can sort of roll your bit. And that's normally okay for people because most people you can get round to the side. Now you can't get all the way to the midline. You can't kind of get over the spine, but not many people are not, you know, have got like liposuction over the spine, you know, problem. So normally it's kind of here, um, but it's obviously something we'd have to have a discussion with um, to check that those areas that uh, I could address would be happy. Um, you would be happy having those areas addressed uh, and, I, and I wouldn't get all the way to the back. I mean, I could, it's just I'd have to, I'd have to turn you. So that's, uh, 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 it's an extra level of complexity if you're under anesthetic and we have to turn you, you know, the anesthetists don't like it, it brings in extra risks. So it's better if we can do it just by sort of moving you like that. Have you got a long waiting list? You're again. I don't know if I'm saying that right. You get your again. Um, I don't know. You're again. I don't think so. Month, months, couple of months. I don't know. I don't. I don't deal with that. I've got enough on. I don't know if you can tell. I've got a lot on. I've got enough on as it is. Weight of the world on my shoulders. So I don't know what the waiting list is. But Amy at the clinic is is uh, is the font of all knowledge on on those sorts of questions. So Amy will be able to tell you like that what the waiting list is because she is on it. So give her a call tomorrow, 0121-454-3680, and she will for sure be able to tell you about the waiting list or message on Instagram because she picks up the messages and stuff. Um, Facebook is in the house. Sarah Marie, what you got? Amy is amazing. I know she is, yeah. Sarah, can I ask you a few questions? Yes, you can. I have a hole in my armpit. Oh my god! From arm reduction. Oh, good god! In and the docs are saying I have a contagious infection too. Could you please have a look at my armpit pictures? See what you think. Ooh, heck! Where are your armpit pictures? Brad's in the house. Brad, just proof of life. Um, well, I'll certainly have a look, Sarah Marie. Um, my thing with this is always to say to people go to the surgeon i'm assuming i'm not your surgeon. <laughs> if i'm your surgeon come to see me um but um i would say go and see your surgeon i'm not sure what a contagious infection what that means i mean well i know well i know what it means hi brad i'm doing, <laughs> doing all right it's good to see you good to see you fella have i aged um amy is a credit yes she is Colin. absolutely um so yes so it's difficult, Sarah Marie, when you have a, like a post-op kind of um, complication. I guess this would be um, uh, uh, classed as. You really need to work with your doctor about that. It's you, 
you don't really go on to another surgeon sort of thing but uh, for sure you can what are you going to do send me a photo on facebook like message or something you're, you're welcome to send a photo on facebook message but i probably will say what i'm going to say which is um still not a day for 21 come on bro look at the state of the beard look at the state of it white oh um so yeah so i will say you need to talk to your surgeon work with your surgeon i'm not sure about the contagious infection thing but you might have an infection um if it's kind of red and angry in which case you need some antibiotics um and dressings and these things happen ceremony it's all this kind of stuff is is closed tight you know when arm reductions and stuff is closed tight armpit hot sweaty area so it is unfortunately a um a, a sort of an established complication of arm uh, reduction oh what we got the infection is klebsiella pneumonia is the infection i will send pictures on facebook okay well that's good so you know what it is so that's a good start sarah so um you have an organism so presumably they've, they've swapped it which is which is great and um so they can treat it so if it is infected with that that's the first thing to say because sometimes people will swab a wound and get a result just because you get a bug there doesn't mean it's infected but if it's sort of red and angry and you know unpleasant then probably it is infected um and then you probably need to use some antibiotics which will treat klebsiella pneumonia um would be the armchair advice from this plastic surgeon but i would stick with your surgeon because he or she knows you and knows your um armpit and will be able to sort of see how you're doing you know see sort of a sort of um you know kind of you know every day or maybe not every day but see a progress progress you know when you look at one one off it's kind of hard when you just see it one off you think oh my god that was good, terrible that was brilliant well, that was you know you need to say oh my god it looks bad now you should have seen it last week so oh, fantastic it's looking better or Last week it didn't look too bad. This week looks worse. Oh, crikey, it's getting worse. You know, so um, so yeah, I'm not sure how much help I'll be, Sarah Marie, but by all means, send me a photo. The other thing I'll say to you is eat very important. Nutrition is important. And um, try and stay positive. It is still, I don't know how long after your operation it is, but it is painful both physically and uh, emotionally when these things happen. I've sent you some on Messenger. Okay, well, I will reply on Messenger. Um, Sarah but uh but the bottom line is stay strong sit with your surgeon and uh and good good news that you know what the organism is and uh yeah good, good yeah good luck really because it is horrible miserable when these things happen isn't it um which brands do you use for breast enlargements I'm assuming that means which brands of breast implant I'm assuming um I don't use any well I'm not tied to use any one manufacturer. I don't. I don't have to use any one manufacturer. I, I'm not like some companies have got deals and stuff with whatever. Some surgeons have a not even with a deal. They just have a thing that they always use Mentor or they always use Nagel or they always use whatever. Um, so some people, some surgeons, do have a thing where they use. I will use any, and I use um, all the different types of implants. I use smooth, textured. Um, micro textured, macro textured, polyurethane implants, I use them all and I offer them all to my patients. Um, I do have makes that I tend to use. Uh, Polytech is probably the main one because they're the only ones that make all the different types of implants. Um, all the other companies will only make one, one or two different types of implants. Um, so, but if you have a view and you say, look, I like this make or that make, and I'll, as long as the hospital can get it or we can get it, then uh, I will use it. But, uh, Polytech I like, I use Nagor, I used to use a lot of Nagor, less so now, but I use, still use quite a bit of Nagor, um, but I've used Motiva, or I've used Allegan, who are no longer around, I've used Mo uh, Mentor, which is another big company, so, um, you know, there's a lot of big companies, and some, if you have a view on it, and you think one's better than the other, fine, um, not sure if there is tangible proof that one's better than the other, but, uh, uh, for me, it's just what you're comfortable with and what uh, the range you're used to. But uh, certainly happy to accommodate if someone's got a view on a certain make. But uh, Polytech and Nagor, a um, bit of Motiva if it's a micro-textured. Um, but yeah, as I say, men, happy to use Mentor. Yeah. So those are the brands. 
do you think you'll ever operate in Birmingham again? I, I think so, Corin. Yeah, I think so. I hope so, because it is a bit of a thing going. On. I mean, I say I'm not complaining because it is nice to have a place to operate. So it is not. It is nice, and it's not that bad going up to Liverpool. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's interesting. Who would have predicted that we would not be operating at the private hostels? Who would have predicted it? Not me, that's for sure. Um, it's certainly not any um, looking like it's going to come anytime soon. That's me. Um, so, sorry, I'm just. Um, but I hope so. Is is the answer, Corin? But I don't know. That's it's amazing. But the travelling Birmingham is absolutely. But I think it's for sure for everybody. But, you know, for everybody, it's easier, particularly people who are coming to the south, you know, um, it's a real, it's a real, um, it can be a bit of a, a bit of a journey. So, um, so I, I, yeah, I hope so. I can tell you now, I'm not going to make my own hospital. I've decided that a while ago, but more and more people are. And, um, but uh, yeah, they're very good at assets. So, um, yeah, no, no, no complaints, but, uh, but yeah, it would be nice. I have a spacious cyst on my face and I would like to know any other method to cure it other than surgery as I'm afraid there'll be a scar after the surgery. I have not got one. A lot of these people, I, YouTube is rife with people wanting to know how to do this at home, how to remove a mole at home, home remedies, cider vinegar or God knows what they want to put on these things. I mean, if you think about it I and mean, what it is, it's a, it's a, it's a walled ball, you know, it's a cyst. So, I mean, you can lance it, you can put a needle in it, you can have stuff come out of it, um, but it's not going to uh, get rid of the wall. And that's the problem with cysts. So, you know, I don't know of any other way of getting rid of the wall of the cyst without making a cut in the skin and taking that wall out and then it's gone. I can't even in my mind think even in Star Trek how they could take that wall out without getting it through the skin um, you know how do they how do you get that it's like a little marble how are you going to get that marble out without going through the skin go the other side now if it's in the mouth you might be able to go the other side from the mucosa but you know if it's on your head what are you going to go in the brain go up your nose and through your brain I, how else can you get it out i don't know how else you can get it out is the answer so i can't see any other way um as i say there are ways of sort of deflating the cyst by by lancing it or putting a needle and aspirating it um but the cyst wall remains now if they would sometimes i know people will sort of deflate the cyst and then try and take it out to a small incision fine if they can get all the cyst wall out but it's more difficult when the cyst is deflated and if this if you don't get all of the cyst wall out it can come back that's the problem um so there in my uh experience and in my view there is no other method other than surgery but of course and i totally understand you don't want the scar i mean no one wants a scar you say to anyone do you want a scar or not here's two options do you want a scar or no scar uh I'll have no scar, please. Well, no one, everyone's going to choose no scar. But then, do you want a cyst or no cyst? So you've got to have, you have a, either have a cyst with, with no scar or a scar with no cyst. Those are the two options. Um, I don't know of an option of no cyst, no scar. If, if there was, we would do it on everyone. It's not like there's some magical option that's like, oh, yeah, I've got this thing where I can just vanquish the, the cyst. There isn't, it doesn't, doesn't exist in my experience. If you find one, then let me know. But um, presumably you're asking a question because you haven't found one. And uh, yeah, I completely understand how you don't want the scar. So it comes down to how much does it bother you? If it doesn't bother you that much, that's it, leave it. It's not going to do you any harm, probably, you know, as long as you've had it checked and it's just a cyst, it, it's not going to do you any harm. And uh, it will sit there, it might get bigger, it might get smaller, it might infect, get infected, it might not. But um, you know, but if it bothers you enough, then have it removed. Uh, it's on your face. Paradoxically, is that the right word? Paradoxically, but the scars on your face tend to settle really well. That's quite a good thing. That you know, often people think, "Oh, I don't want a scar on my face." Actually, scar heals a lot. Uh, the scars on the face heal a lot where better, weller, a lot weller than scars on the body. So if it was on your back, or if it was on your shoulder, or if it was on your chest, 
I'd be more worried about the scar personally than on your face. The face does tend to heal well. We try and hide it in a natural wrinkle or line. Young 20-year-old like myself hasn't got any wrinkles or lines, so obviously hard to hide the wrinkles in a youngster like me. But um, I don't know if you're an oldie and you've got some wrinkles or if it's in a good place where there's some natural shadows, you know, natural creases, you might be able to hide the scar even better. So kind of depends where it is on what sort of scar we can uh, hope to achieve. So that's definitely something we could talk about. But um, if you don't want a scar, then you're at the no scar cyst camp. You know, the other camp is scar, no cyst. I can see an algorithm there. Let's see if it picture it. No scar cyst. Scar no cyst, but you know, like the you know justice scales of justice type thing. I can see a TikTok coming. That's a TikTok there, isn't it? Scales of justice. Scar no cyst, no cyst scar. You choose. Um, asset is amazing. Traveling Birmingham would be easier. I'd love it if you had had your own theatre, Turkish lights on tap. Corin, no. Turkish Delights not on tap. I am banned, Corin, from the Turkish Delights. I am not safe around Turkish Delights. Um, it is not a viable option that um, I think you know Amy confiscated the stash, half the stash you bought last time, so it is not uh, it is not uh, advisable to put Turkish Delights anywhere within a uh, three feet radius of yours truly because they will disappear uh so there we go that's it i don't know about you i'm exhausted um maybe we'll have a short one next week who knows i shouldn't say that um god willing the questions will still come please ask the questions sarah i'll have a few photos on the messenger good luck with your armpit uh corin sorry don't be sorry corin don't be sorry um you never get any complaints from me i tell you um i love them i do um i will be uh thank you great to have you back i made a new friend today the standard community bringing people together yeah community yeah solidarity sister come on um good that's good to hear so um all right people um right right followers uh, <laughs> one of my followers go out into the world do good things and i'll see you next tuesday seven o'clock same time same place uh hasta la vista and uh i bid you good night corin corin yeah i don't know what that is but uh, all power to you take it easy have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.